This is episode 34. You're listening to the All Hazards Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes to give you exclusive access to emergency managers who've been on the front lines of some of the nation's most difficult challenges. Where we have candid conversations about the challenges facing all emergency managers, no matter how big or small the community. Here's your host, Sean Boyd. Hey everyone, this is Monica Vargas, and today I'm taking over the host seat for Sean Boyd on this episode of the All Hazards Podcast. Don't start to miss him too much though, he is a guest on this episode. So today we're going to talk about times and how they are changing, especially in the communications world. People are busy, they don't have a lot of time, they're getting their information mainly through their phones. So how do you get information that might have once gone out on a press release via email? into something that is really quick and to the point and gives you everything that you need to know with minimal time, like a one or two minute video, or maybe even an infographic. We're gonna talk about that and the Cal OES team experience adapting and evolving in the ways that we get information out to the public. We hope that you love this podcast as much as we enjoyed recording this for you. Hello everybody, thank you for joining us here at the Cal OES All Hazards Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about some really cool and new and improved ways of communicating and spreading the word with some of the top communicators in state government. So that being said, I'm going to go around the room and introduce everybody. Actually, I'm going to have them introduce themselves. Uh, First of all, my name is Monica Vargas, and I'm a public information officer at Cal OES. And now we'll go around the room to the team that we will be talking with here today. You pointing at me, I assume that means it's my turn to go, right? Yes, sir. Okay. See, I figured that out. Top communicator. Yes. Um, Sean Boyd here, uh, typical host of the All Hazards podcast, uh, public information officer here since May of 2014 now. And long I'm ago. Gonna, yeah, long, <laughs> long ago. So I'm going to use nonverbal communication and point to the next person who will introduce themselves. Uh, my name is Adria Wells, and I'm the graphic designer for the Public Information Office. This is actually the first time I've been on a podcast. Cool. Welcome. Thank you. We're now uh, pointing again to next To me, person. John Larimore. I'm the videographer with the Office of Emergency Services. Been here for about a year and a half after 30 years in television news, and it's a different way of life but it's very enjoyable and it's nice to be on the front lines of things that go on. All right. So thanks to Adria and John for being pulled into this. They um, a little arm twisting, but that was, you know, not a problem. Very strong over here. But you're used to seeing, uh, hearing either Sean or I or one of the other PIOs on these podcasts. But Adria and John are part of what uh, are part of the team that help make the magic behind the scenes. They're kind of like the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain, doing all of the amazing graphics and video behind the scenes to help make the Calabas products be amazing. So uh, we wanted to do this because we notice in government communications and overall journalism, everything's kind of going a different way. It used to be a lot of more of the print, press releases, more of the traditional ways of doing things. But times have changed and press releases are kind of old school now. Snooze I'm fest, sorry. Right? Yeah, I hear press release. I fall asleep. Yeah, yeah. same here. So... 
again, times have changed. Everybody is on their phones. They want information instantly, and they want that instant information to be visually appealing and entertaining at the same time. And sounds like a lot, but it's totally possible. And us here at Cal, Cal OES, we have done that with the help of this amazing team. So... First of all, Sean, you've come from news and you have been in state government too. So do you want to explain kind of what the purpose of a press release is? Well, I'm going to tell you from uh, the receiver side, um, having worked in news for 20 years, uh, press releases used to be the, the, well, it's considered really the old school way of, of an agency or a business uh, getting information to the news media. And uh, whether it was in the form of an advisory or an actual press release, uh, news release, um, it, it, it was usually chock full of, of details and minutiae and often some very important information, um, much of which uh, some of the line producers or show producers would actually write an entire story based on that press release. Well... Those days are rapidly changing, I think. Uh, while the the press release still has a purpose, um, you know, that headline is supposed to grab your attention, just like the headline of a newspaper would, um, the above the fold. Uh, and then, of course, all of the pertinent information, the who, what, where, when, why, all that stuff is down below. For me, uh, in the last probably 10 years in the news media, I see a press release, I, you know, I have my little Outlook alert that pops up at the bottom of the screen. That thing was constantly lighting up, almost as if I was in a Vegas casino and, you know, the lights are just constantly going. That's kind of the way it reminded me. It was constantly lit up. But unless that headline really caught my attention, and so it had to be clever, it had to be, it had to sound like something that was relevant to what I did. Uh, or our news organization, it I immediately hit delete before it even faded away. Um, so the press release, I would say, if I had to guess, probably 95% of those press releases immediately go into the waste bin uh, before they even see the light of day. They're either getting deleted or now the way email systems are set up, they're getting filtered as junk. So they're not making it one way or another. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a passive system. You're hoping that someone clicks on it and when you get your uh, when you get your um, analytics back from one of those services, you look and you go, "What? It only had a one percent click rate, or a one percent open rate." That's very disappointing. But that's the reality now. The reality is, we are so inundated as a as a consumer, um, whether it's the media or anybody, you get that information and it's like, it's overload. So you have to figure out a way to filter it out. So I think that's where, really, where the electronic media plays an advantage, has an advantage over that ephemeral thing that quickly shows up on your desktop and then disappears before you even open it. So John, coming from news media, you've now been with Cal OES about a year. How have you seen things change with technology and Attention spans, meaning people are busy. They, You have to be able to put the information in a way that they can just look at it really quick and know what they need to know. What have you seen? Right. As you guys are saying, to me as a photographer, a press release was a piece of paper I could get a white balance for my camera when I went to the <laughs> event and give me maybe a phone number and an address. Honestly, 
when I get out there, that's when I'm going to actually do my gathering. The video news releases are a sampler. And in fact, they can be downloaded so that, you know, if you're sending to an agency uh, and they're unable to attend, at least they've got something that they can work with. It's sort of a tease for them because then they will realize that this could be a visual story that they may want to send a crew and you'll get more interaction with folks. From the standpoint of folks on their phones, they don't have much time. And so they're looking down at their phone and they're skimming through Facebook and other sites and they'll see your press release in the form of a video story that can be a minute or so long and suddenly you've got them. And that's how you grab folks with graphics and with video. And that's that's the direction we're headed. So normally you think of a state agency as sort of a stodgy, you know, you know, black and white press release, newspaper style um, information releaser. And now we have evolved into a full-fledged production facility, and it's not that difficult to do. Um, everybody has a laptop and a camera, boom, you've got a, a show you can produce. So it's really been a relief to move into the state sector and be able to be just as creative as we ever were in, in TV news. And it's been well received by the various different television outlets, too. Yeah. And speaking of creative, Adria Wells, our graphic designer, is probably the most creative person in our office. No offense, Sean, John, and everybody else. Whatever. <laughs> Would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> but Adria, so as a graphic designer, but I also know that you're very on top of um, social media trends mm -hmm. and best practices. What What's your take on this way that journalism and state communications is going? Well, there's been a trend recently in both state and also private sector of companies being more friendly and less buttoned up, press release tight, you know, not somebody you could talk to. Um, for example, social media, companies that have a social media platform where they're actually communicating with the people who are talking to them on, let's say, Twitter, tend to have more of a following. They tend to have people who they can communicate with and um, they tend to have this, there's like, there's a, there's a wave of followers that they get and a wave of attention and that reflects in their, um, their bottom line. So for government, it's kind of the same thing. The less uptight we are and the more that we're able to communicate with people through digital media, uh, infographics, um, things that are not the uptight press release, the more people are able to relate to us and the more they want to follow us. Um, most people don't want to read a press release. It just it looks like a bunch of gray on a page, and that's boring. Um, so you have to catch people in that 140 characters of Twitter in that you know six seconds before their attention span is elsewhere. Because the way that things are moving right now, everything is going so fast that if you don't catch somebody's attention in that first few seconds, they're gone. Yeah, Idri, you you hit on something there, and that is. The, the fact that people are, are more apt to, let's say, look at an infographic, okay? Mm -hmm. The whole point of either a press release or an infographic or a tweet or a Facebook post is to convey information. Right. It's to get information that's important to them, whether they know it or not, to them and to get it to sink into their brains. So ultimately, the best way to do that is the way that people are consuming information now. Right. There's no reason to get stuck on something that was done 50 years ago. We got rid of ticker tape. Why? Because technology made 
for better communication. So ticker tape went away. What is ticker tape? Exactly. Well, (laughs) that's the point. So, uh, but as times change, technology changes, methods of communication change, one day we may not need anything in print or visual. We may just need to consume, you know, send it out metaphysically. (laughs) We'll all be psychic. Yeah, we'll all be psychic because of the implants that we'll all have at that point, right? Exactly. Something else that comes to mind is it also helps us as a government agency with the public that we serve is to be more transparent. You can send a press release, write and describe all you want, but if you're showing the pictures, if you have the video there behind the scenes at the incident command post, showing the storm, showing the efforts, you're communicating and showing your public what the agencies are doing to help the community. Not to mention on these social platforms, it's about accountability. So you have that interactive quality to Mm -hmm. the whole thing where you can field comments and respond to them and there's an interaction, it's conversation as opposed to just being one-sided. Yeah, totally. It empowers people. Yeah. Yeah. That's really what it does. It empowers people to be part of the process so they don't feel like they're left out in the cold, that they're forgotten about, that their voice doesn't matter. Their voice does matter, and they're able to put that voice out there. Mm-hmm. And it's more timely to do things in these other ways with video, tweets, Instagram, a graphic. You don't have to wait for an email to be sent and for it to download and for you to get the email all that process when you can just go to Twitter and get the information right then and there. 140 characters and you have what you need. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the different ways that Cal OAS is doing things. So, of course, we still do press releases here and there when warranted on, on major events. But what are the new tools and techniques that we're using? And um, Sean, John, and Adria all have their own specialties, which all complement each other. But quickly, um, Sean, do you want to talk about things that you do, like this podcast? Well, yeah. When I came to Cal OES, uh, our deputy director, Kelly Houston, had an idea that uh, he wanted to um, basically, he wanted to utilize a tool that he followed regularly in his civilian life. And that is podcasting. Podcasting is a is an interesting way to get uh, information to a fan base, if you will, people who know about you and are deliberately, uh, with intent, listening to what you have to say. The nice thing about this is is that it is a it's a very conversational way of getting information across. It's not supposed to be sounding like a press conference. It's supposed to sound like two or three or four people just chatting, getting important information across in a way that is engaging and that's in some ways entertaining. And in government, it's it's hard to imagine that a government podcast could be entertaining. But if you think about it, what we do is uh, tell stories and listen to stories from other emergency managers and you know, fire chiefs and whatnot, anybody that's involved in all hazards, they're telling stories that have uh, meaning, that have taught them something, and that hopefully the listener can learn something from as well. And so podcast is an, is an interesting way, and it is growing. Um, it's, uh, it's got a steady growth. It's not growing uh, exponentially, but really since 2004, 2005, when the term iPod sort of uh, hit, you know, iPod hit. That's initially kind of where it came from, podcasting, but it no longer really means that you have to have an iPod to listen to it. 
you just have to have a way to listen. Awesome. All right, John Laramore. So you, how did you go from news into doing what you did successfully there into the Cal OES products that you have been doing quite successfully? There is a transition because in the news media, you it's incumbent upon you to be balanced and to tell both sides of the story. And sometimes that's controversial. In the state agency, really our mission is to shine a light on our partners that are out there doing the job the taxpayers expect them to do, but don't see them do it. Mm-hmm. And so it's our job to be out there with them and to make sure that you know everybody can see what they're doing and, and, and the hard work that's involved, especially in our line of work. Um, so we're, I always liken it to is in the news media, you're sort of on the shore waiting for the waves of news to hit you and you react to that. But in our office, we are the, the waves pushing the information out to the public. And so there's a, it's a different methodology. It's a different way of thinking, but it's, it's still rewarding. You can still tell fo- people's stories with emotion. You can, you can cover all the bases when it comes to accountability with the taxpayer's dollar. And, and that's what we try to do. One of the tools that Kelly also came up with was a weekly show because it's about building a brand. Even state agencies have a brand that they need to build so the public has an idea of what they're about. And one of them is uh, we'll do a show called Inside Look every week and we'll alternate with a, a shorter version called Quick Look. And those are just basically mini newscasts in the style of a regular newscast that may have two or three stories or just one story. But it's just a quick sort of uh, insight to see what folks are doing, and we tell their stories in in a way that's visual and emotional and compelling. Um, Adria, so you play a really important role too in this. Um, one of our videos recently went viral, and it literally just like blew up overnight. It was um, well, it was one of a few, but it was the mutual aid strike teams, fire fire engines uh, video. But what had caught my attention was the thumbnail for the video, which was the, these cute little tiny OES engines. <laughs> and they were just so adorable to me, but that was the thumbnail. And I think that was really also part of the success of the videos. You saw what a strike team was just in half a second of seeing that that graphic. So right. what can you tell us about your role and how it fits into what other PIOs and, and uh, videographers do? I got to thank John for that because he's the one that set the thumbnail, putting it up on YouTube. So shout out to John. Teamwork. Um, (laughs) For me, I work in multiple different platforms. So there's print media, so posters and pamphlets, um, things that get handed out to people that they can physically touch. But then there's also things like infographics and um, motion graphics, like you saw with the little fire engines that move across the screen. Those are things that can only be consumed online, so on your phone, on your computer. Um, And I have to keep that in mind that it's got to be something that's engaging and quick, but also legible on these smaller screens. So the the motion graphics are actually a lot of fun to create, and um, I feel like it's, it's something that... I learned something every new story that comes out because I didn't know what a strike team was before that story. Um, so I'm, I'm new to Cal OES. Actually, I've only been here for about six months now, um, but I've been in state service for about 10 years. So Cal OES moving and coming here has definitely taught me a lot. Um, and the, the motion graphics part of it is something that I really enjoy creating and helping the team tell their stories. Um, and 
train of thought just escaped. Well, let me throw in a little fun fact about Adria. On her second day here, she had quite an exciting day. (laughs) You want to tell us that? So I got hired right at the height of the Orville spillway incident. And my second day here, I got to go take photographs of the spillway. Um, And that was the day that uh, Governor Jerry Brown went and visited the spillway and the Incident Command Center up there. Um, so you were literally thrown into the Cal OES world in your first yes. week here. Yeah. It it's was, the best way to learn, right? It was a very sink or swim situation, and I think that I swam, so I think we're good. Yeah, <laughs> still here. All right. So um, for Cal OES, we're seeing that this has been successful for us and a great way to spread the word to other agencies, to the public, to other countries, and just people who are starting to learn about what Cal OES and emergency management is. But though this has been successful for us and others may see it successful, some agencies and organizations are still kind of hesitant. They see it as risky. Why do you think that is? Well, it's a it's sort of teaching the old dog new tricks. Um, it, it does take some thought. You have to think about uh, when it is it appropriate to use a press release and is there a way that we can not use a press release and use something else. So it takes a little more thought. Um, bureaucracy is a difficult thing to overcome. And depending on who's at the top of the management levels, the way that they do things rolls down. So there may not be, for many, an opportunity for them to try new ways, at least not all at once. Maybe the approach should be taking a bite-sized pieces. Baby steps. Baby steps and just kind of slowly move into that. And then as the younger generation of managers comes up through the system, inevitably in time, hopefully not as much time as as is possible, let's let's try to reduce that down and let's get some of these newer managers to start implementing other ways, a different thought process. Um, I, yeah, it, it, it can be scary for everybody. It's a new thing. I mean, you're going to edit this podcast. Yeah, I was actually just about to talk about that is that something that is is really key to helping the whole team be successful is to not just keep your knowledge and skills to yourself. Teach your other team members best practices, help um, lean on each other's strengths. Sean trained um, the other PIO, Rob Mayberry and I, to do this podcast in the field remotely on our own without our security blanket Sean Boyd and hey we did it totally surprised but it was empowering and John Laramore uh, he comes from TV and he has coached us along with uh, Brian May who's our other PIO coached some of us who have never been on TV and weren't exactly the biggest fan of being in front of a camera because we're camera shy but they're coaching us as we do our different products so we're continually evolving improving and we're excited to see where what direction we're going to keep going and how do you feel about that when you look back at some of the first things that you've done all the way to now how do you feel about having taken those baby steps to get to where you are now Uh, stepping outside of your comfort zone. I think learning from you guys and getting coached by you guys has been instrumental uh, because you have that firsthand experience and knowledge and helping with some of the hesitation because I'm camera shy, believe it or not, and I'm more of a analytical. So getting you grow when you're uncomfortable is very true, yeah, that thing. You you definitely do. And it was very uncomfortable. Not lie. <laughs> Strength through adversity, yeah. right there. Yeah. And you know, you learn a lot about things you don't think of, like 
makeup, lighting, the different mm -hmm. types of makeup. And sometimes you don't even realize you always have an angry look on your face until you see yourself on camera. As a reporter, it was one of the toughest things I had to do for the first three to five years was just look at myself daily and go, oh, God, I don't want to look at myself again. <laughs> but it's the only way that you can improve because you do notice little idiosyncrasies, little things that you do that mm -hmm. with work, you can improve. Definitely. Okay. So this past year, so January started off pretty rapidly for, for California as far as some storms. We had one of the busiest and strongest storm seasons we have ever seen. And then in addition to that, the Oroville Dam spillway emergency incident and Cal OES was involved in a lot of these response and recovery efforts. And we were we had the op multiple opportunities to capture the efforts with video and also with the drone. And a lot of those videos and the drone especially um, made it to news outlets across the country, like ABC mm -hmm. Network, um, some other international places. But it was success for us, not just because it's like, oh, hey, Cal OES did it, but it let the world see what was going on in California mm -hmm. and what we were doing about it. Mm -hmm. There's controversy around even just mentioning, as a government agency, mentioning the, the phrase or the word drone. So, you know, it's, it's uh, I, I think as time goes on, it's going to become, I think, a little bit more accepted. They like to use the, the, the thing UAV, unmanned aerial vehicle. Oh, yeah. UAV, <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, it's all the same thing. And it is just a tool. And uh, for good reason, people are a little, a little nervous about the use of drones because we have, you know, civil rights and right to privacy and all that kind of thing, the big brother aspect. But thankfully... The federal government is going through uh, the growing pains of establishing policy and states are going through their own uh, anal analytics and trying to figure out the best way to implement laws in the use of drones or UAVs. Uh, there is a very – and this this falls right into that, that um, new way of getting information. In, in this particular instance, it's visuals. So – we have been able, as you alluded to, we have been able to gather some incredible footage of different disasters, different areas, and different things that have been going on simply because we had someone in our office, and we know people who have these drones, and they're able to use them outside of office hours, gather the video that we need in order to show the public what's going on in their community. And it's incredible. So I, that's another one of those things that I would say to any government agency who may be listening, don't totally discount the use of a, a UAV right off the bat. Give it some thought. Think it through. Um, go into that bold world of transparency and, and show your community what they have through the use of UAVs. It's amazing. You would impress yourself. I totally yourself. agree. Adriet, I want to get your thoughts. You have a unique position kind of observing all of the PIOs and the videographers working together. Mm -hmm. What do you think is part of the success between those two different units working together? I found that in a lot of uh, government agencies, government offices, there's kind of a hierarchy that goes on where, you know, 
this person works for me and therefore they can't have any ideas that supersede mine. But in this office, everyone's ideas are just as valid as everybody else's. So the videographer has an idea and pitches it to the PIOs, the PIOs have ideas, pitch to the videographer, and it goes back and forth. And there's a real camaraderie and teamwork that goes on where everybody just works together because they all have like the same goal mm -hmm. and it even goes into the higher ups um our supervisor and our supervisor supervisor we all come together as a team so it doesn't ever feel like you can't speak up and put out an idea like there are no ideas are you know forbidden or not allowed to have so it's, that's that's one of the things I think that works really, really well with our team. All, all valid points. Uh, however, I would say I disagree with point one percent of that is when it involves food. Brad's opinion <laughs> oh, on what, what we're having for lunch and, and where the team's going, that kind of overrides everything because then he'll get hangry. That's when you're hungry mm -hmm. and angry. At the same time, mm -hmm. and getting getting back to the to the point that uh, that you were making there um, about how all of us kind of pitch in. That was one of the things that that we all consciously look for in new hires, you included. We wanted to make sure that the new graphic designer who came in was um, wasn't so shy that they didn't want to put their own ideas forward, mm -hmm. and uh, and that was obviously one thing that you among many that you brought to the table and that was you're opinionated yeah but that's, that's good one way to in put a it. good way <laughs> in a good way no but that's great because we all have our own ideas and it's that old adage and it means something and that is two heads are better than one in this particular case four five eight heads are better than one we've all got ideas mm -hmm. and uh, as long as you're willing to listen to them and as long as you and you and are willing to put them forward yeah Okay, so we're we were kind of been bashing the press release, but the press releases do still have a place in government. It may not be as a prominent space. It might not be as as much of a popular role. It has its it has its place. It has its function. It archives your communication in a really easy to read format, and it also helps isolate like the top level most important things you need to know. Um, but as we were talking, people's time is really valuable. People are busy. So we're going to kind of start to wrap this up. So what I'm going to do now is we're going to go around to the team. And I'm going to ask you to wrap up your number one piece of advice that you have to state agencies who are starting to think outside of the box or they want to start moving in, the in that direction. What is your number one piece of advice? Let's go to Sean. Don't be afraid. Take that first step. Invest in the skills of your team. Expand your horizons. Two things. Be human in your approach is really important. Don't be so official. Speak the language of the people. And the other thing is the most important thing is to have a sense of humor <laughs> amongst your team because that is one thing we definitely do have. And it keeps things in perspective, believe yeah, me. Yeah, and... and feel okay like it's okay to break the rules obviously john just did because i asked him for one piece of advice and he That's just right. gave two well he's a problem john. yeah he is breaker. he actually is yeah <laughs> uh so we hope that this was really valuable for you to start looking at the way you're communicating and if there's opportunities for you to step out of that zone that you've been in and start to get a little bit more creative and social and um colorful 
with your communications. And of course, we cannot end this podcast without telling you to please go follow us on our social media channels. Go to our newsroom blog, oesnews.com. Enter your email and we will send you all of our posts via email instantly. No waiting. And follow us on Twitter at CalOES, on Facebook at California OES, and new and um, our, our baby is Instagram. Follow us at Cal OES, uh, Cal underscore OES on Instagram. That is uh, my little project I'm working on. So show some love. Show some love. All of this information, by the way, will be included in the show notes for this particular podcast. So don't feel like you have to pull the car over and write everything down right now. Hopefully you're um, hands-free if you're listening in the car. But uh, anyway, it's all good. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye. (laughs) So now that you've heard our side of the story, we want to hear yours. Are you starting to think outside of the box when it comes to the ways in which you share info? Are you already thinking outside of the box and getting creative with your information sharing? We would love to hear about the different ways in which you are doing things, and we can always learn from each other. You've been listening to the Cal OES All Hazards Podcast. Don't forget to check out our podcast page where you can find past episodes along with show notes and links. And give us a social shout out. Tell others about us on Twitter and Facebook. And let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you.